Daily Drive is brought to you by eBay Motors. Auto dealers, are you missing the most engaged buyers because you don't know where to find them? At eBay Motors, you'll find buyers so motivated, they purchase a car or truck once every three minutes. Just call 866-210-5362 and mention code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. I'm Jason Stein, publisher of Automotive News, and this is Daily Drive for Monday, March 15th. There's a lot of talk at the retail level about the impact electric vehicles will have on dealership operations in the future. Some believe that the influx of hundreds of models will be a boon for those interested in alternative powertrains and a drive to a cleaner future. There are others who believe the retail network will be damaged in the long term because, as the narrative goes, dealers don't want to sell EVs. The National Automobile Dealers Association begs to differ with the latter storyline. In a strongly worded post today, NADA is taking exception to the narrative. NADA's thesis is clear. Dealers have become an easy and convenient scapegoat for the lack of EV sales. As NADA's president and CEO Mike Stanton writes today on the NADA site and next week in Automotive News, there's a myth that needs to be changed. He says it's time to call it out for what it is a lie about franchise dealers propagated by the handful of companies that want to destroy the franchise system. To talk about his thoughts and to dispel the narrative, we've reached Mike Stanton in Virginia. Mike Stanton, it's good to hear your voice. How are you today? Doing great, Jason. Thanks for having me. It's good to be with you again. Well, it's great to have you with us, and it's timely, because uh, just today you have come out with an opinion piece um, that it will be distributed through NADA's channels, but also will be distributed through the Automotive News uh, magazine a week from today as an advertorial. And I think I'll start with the three words that are the headline for the piece. Um, three simple ones. Uh, pretty powerful, though, Mike. The big lie. What is the big lie? Well, the big lie is that uh, dealers... Are, are not interested in selling electric vehicles. Dealers are very interested in selling these vehicles. They're excited about the, the technology. They've made huge investments in, in the long-term success of EVs, and, and they're very optimistic about the future. So we just wanted to take an opportunity to set the record straight. What was the impetus for putting your thoughts together here? It was really just seeing so many uh, articles over the past several weeks. It seemed almost on a daily basis that that uh, folks from outside the industry were were comparing EV sales uh, to to a direct channel, and that the dealers weren't interested in in selling electric vehicles, and that they they might be a hurdle to selling electric vehicles. And your 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 thesis here is that uh, it's time to put the myth, as you write out to pasture, it's time to call out what it is. And you you, you actually use the word, um, uh, a lie propagated by the handful of companies that want to destroy the franchise system. Uh, the, it's it's your belief that the that the ultimate end game here is is a is a dismantling of what we know as the retail channel, correct? Correct, correct. So we see, you know, dealers are essential to rolling out electric vehicles to the mass market. I mean, we employ over a million people. We're going to need people to educate consumers. We're going to need facilities. We've got over 16,500 dealerships in the country. 
We've invested in the technology, in the tools, in in the PPE, in the, the service bays, in the storage facilities. I mean, dealers have made big bets on the future success of, of EVs, and they're all in because they trust their manufacturer partners. You, you compare the situation uh, early on in, in the piece to uh, a different time and place in the industry, and this would have been a decade ago where there was a healthy amount of dealer uneasiness, if you will, about battery electric vehicles. And by and large, you 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 write those were compliance cars, and and there was a tension between dealers uh, and their franchise part and their automaker partners. Rather, um, tell me how much that's changed. Oh, it's done a complete one eighty. I mean, we're we're in the business as are the car companies. We, we obviously want to sell cars, we want to sell parts, we want to make money, but we want to. We want to make our customers extremely happy so they keep coming back. And I think the key difference now, there's a different mindset. I think factory-dealer relationships are always going to be a challenge, but we're working more collaboratively than we ever have, especially in the EV arena. But it, when it, it comes down to two things, in our opinion. There's got to be great product, and there's got to be a, a great consumer experience. And the products are coming, and some of them are already here. You just look at the, the new Mustang, Mach-E, the Audi e-tron lineup. You look at what Cadillac's bringing to market and many others. So, you know, dealers are excited about what's coming. They're excited about new technology and the future of not just their business, but the automotive business as a whole. You you mentioned Cadillac a moment ago. Uh, You cite that as an example, as a bit of a, a proof point of where dealers are today. Can just walk me through that, if you would. Yeah, you know, I, I mentioned before the, the narrative that comes through that, that some Cadillac dealers elected not to sell electric vehicles. The story is that 80% doubled down on their Cadillac business, and they're all in, uh, spending an average of, of $200,000 to get ready for these electric vehicles. And, and the, the dealers that opted out, these were in underperforming markets for Cadillac, and they just made a, bus- a business decision that they felt was best for them. But the real story is 80% all in, excited about the future, spending money today that they won't recoup for years. You mentioned a couple of um, upstarts, uh, if you will, um, who have the um, desire to perpetuate the myth that you're talking about. Who is out there saying that this is... Um, the you know the death knoll for dealers and and why are they saying it? Well, I I don't need to call any of them out, but but the ones that that are saying it generally have an agenda, or, or they're they're positioned, or they think they're positioned to profit from from their uh, their take on the, the current state of affairs, and it's just it couldn't be farther from the truth. I already mentioned how excited dealers are about the future. And it comes down to, you know, a couple things. I mentioned great product, but it also we have to provide a great experience for for our consumers, and we're well positioned to do that, uh, both from a sales perspective and an ownership perspective. You talk about direct sales as well. What's your opinion on the direct sales model that's been really um, uh, has has increased in its regularity, at least at the conversation level, over the course of the last few years? Well, I, I think you know direct sales 
are certainly a, a lot easier when you have customers that are lining up uh, for your product and, and they're in a position to, to wait for one uh, to show up. Uh, most consumers are not in that position. And we feel the franchise dealer network, we are able to appeal to the mass market and we compete every day for the consumer's business, which is good for them. Uh, this intra-brand and inter-brand competition, uh, the, the ability to go out and, and pick up a new or used vehicle, you know, today versus having to wait and, and the ability to shop, uh, is, is also key, not just for, for the, the, the proper treatment, but the proper price. Uh, the franchise system has been successful for so long because it's worked for consumers, not because it's worked for, for dealers or manufacturers. The dealers and manufacturers, they're out of business if the cars aren't, the cars aren't being bought by, by consumers. So that's going to be the key, key to the future is figuring out how we can continue to take care of, of that consumer. We'll hear more from NADA's president and CEO, Mike Stanton, after this message. The most motivated car buyers aren't knocking on your door anymore. They're online, but you don't have to look far. You can find them at eBay Motors. Our platform features over 7 million engaged users. Our buyers are so engaged, they enter over 3 billion search impressions per month and buy a car or truck every three minutes. Today's car buyer has high expectations when they browse online eBay Motors helps you meet those expectations. Use machine learning with our AI-driven vehicle pages, and you'll automatically optimize your buyer's experience. It's as easy as listing your inventory and watching as the most engaged buyers find you. If you've ever uploaded your automotive inventory to a website, you have more than enough skills to get your cars listed on eBay Motors. It will feel like you're setting up an entirely new car dealership within minutes. Once you list your available inventory, you'll have additional support from the platform, including a single destination page for your entire brand. Want to generate more sales automatically? eBay Motors lets you choose between auction, classified, and fixed-price listing options so the site does the heavy lifting. It even integrates with your existing dealer or vehicle management system. All you have to do is list your inventory, sit back, relax, watch a movie, and then check back in to see the sales you've made. How do you start? It's as simple as creating an account. Call 866-210-5362 and mention the code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. Find out why selling cars has never been this easy. That number again, 866-210-5362. So franchise dealers, as you write, are not an obstacle to EV sales. They're essential to them. There are dealers who we've talked to, some on this program, who are concerned about the number of electric vehicles that are going to hit the market that might not have the consumer support. What's your stance on that? Well, there's a couple of things that we, we need to do. Um, first, I, I'd like to point out that, you know, Jason, you and I have been, been in this industry for a while, and I don't think I've, I've met more than a couple people that are very, very good about forecasting the future. Things are in a constant state of change, and we just need to make sure that we're, we're nimble and we're able to adapt to, to those changes. Um, I think the key for us is that we can provide the consumer with the proper education when they show up at the dealership is we need to qualify them. Is If the consumer is happy with that car, they credit the dealer, they credit the manufacturer. If they're not happy with that purchase, it, it often comes back to the dealer sold me the wrong vehicle. So we need to make sure that they have 
the educational you know, background, the tools that they need to help qualify customers. The other thing that needs to happen is we need to be closer in terms of price parity, and we need to be able to figure that out um, with, with our car company partners, with the government, so that, that the you know, EV average transaction prices now, for, for mixed purposes, are, are 55% higher than they are with uh on on ice vehicles so we think there's a way to get there but we want to have that the discussion to make sure we get there in the right way incentives must be simple they must be transparent but we think price parity is going to be key as we as we shift to to selling more more evs and of course the ownership experience you know the charging infrastructure where do we put them i mean the easy easy answer is everywhere but how long does it take uh, is it going to be like a gas station, or can we get more creative? Uh, so there's all of these things that we need to discuss as as a collective uh, industry to help meet the, the the consumer expectations. You know, and again, these things range anxiety, all of that can be solved with technology. But I think the important point, and I bring it up again because it is so important from our perspective, is that dealers are on the front line; they're talking to consumers. We should have a seat at the table with our car company partners and with the government to make sure that what we're doing is actually going to work and that we create a market that that is not just one of a push, but one of a pull. And consumers really want these vehicles because they're priced right, because their experience is is fantastic. And, uh, you know, I think that that's how we get there. Obviously, as the president and CEO of NADA, you have a uh, platform with a rather large megaphone, and, and you've used it here in this example uh, to put your point of view out. W- what else can we expect from NADA um, in this environment and on this subject to continue to bat away the, the theory that dealers don't want to sell EVs? Well, it's so... I mentioned before, it, you know, our, our sometimes our subject is different. Uh, our audience is is typically the same, although I think we need to take this message uh, further to Wall Street and further to Silicon Valley. But but our goal is to continue to tell the the great story of of the benefits of the franchise system and the value that that dealers bring to the buying public and and to the, the country overall. So. We'll engage with the new administration, explain our business model, talk through these issues, and and see if we can help uh, come to some consensus on what's going to work the best. I, the other thing that, that's key, Jason, is, and I'm starting to see a, a greater willingness uh, in most cases, not in all cases, is we need to partner with our manufacturers like we've never had before. Yeah, they're outside threats. The way to beat those outside threats are to work together. And to stop fighting over, I would say, some of the smaller issues and, and seek alignment on, on taking care of the customer, which, is, as you probably remember, Paul Walzer has set as his number one goal uh, during his year as chairman. You're two months into the new role. We talked to you two months ago, almost to, I think it was almost your first day on the, on the job. What else is on your agenda for uh, the foreseeable future? Well, yeah, I guess it's been a little over two months, and I'd, I'd like to, to point out that I've, I've received great support from, from dealers, from our ATAE partners, and, and the team here at NADA. 
uh, certainly these are challenge, challenging times, but I, I love being in the middle of things and, and working with dealers, uh, you know, and, and helping set the record straight because that's a big part of our job. It's just continuing to to beat that drum and and uh, and you know and and talk about lies like like the ones that, that we've been hearing about. Uh, also on the agenda, though, is is certainly diversity, equity, and, and inclusion. We have. Uh, and continue to have a great re- relationship with with Damon Lester and, and his team at NAMAD. We are working with with other entities to make sure that that at least we're we're pulling in the same direction when it comes to uh, improving those opportunities in in the retail automotive space for for minorities. So that's important. And then dealer engagement and, as well. We are. In some cases, probably viewed by many dealers as an insurance policy. Uh, we've got 90% membership, which we're very proud of. And, and it helps when we go to talk to, to the different entities that we're trying to influence, that we've got such uh, high membership penetration. But we'd like to see that high level of engagement as well, because ATAEs, NADA, and dealers all working in the same same direction is a, a powerful, powerful force because we've got such a great story to tell. A month ago, you put on your virtual NADA show. Lessons learned from that, Mike? Oh, I'm just so proud of the team. I mean, in four months, they tell me three, maybe it was three, maybe it was four. It doesn't matter. They pulled together a first-class event. Hopefully, you agree. Uh, the dealers that I heard from were were blown away. It was just so much more than than your your Zoom meeting that we've all gotten so so tired of. Can't wait to get back in person in Las Vegas. But I think we took the best of what was a, a very trying situation. And we took we we just gave it our best shot. And I, I do think that it showed. I'm very proud of the the uh, the team that that pulled it off. Well, your feet are wet now. You're settling in, and you're now an author. Of uh, of a post called the Big Lie, which is out in uh, NADA's channels today, and will appear as an advertorial in Automotive News uh, next Monday. Mike, thank you so much for taking the time. Jason, thank you. And rest assured, I, I wasn't the only one that that wrote that piece. We are a, we are a team here at NADA of dedicated employees that we we are relentless in our our uh, advocacy efforts for dealers, and and dealers should call us anytime that they, they, they need something. Thank you. Well, and we will check in back here with you uh, on a periodic basis just to find out the progress that you're making. But thank you, Mike. Thanks, Jason. We reached NADA's president and CEO, Mike Stanton, in Virginia. And that's Daily Drive for Monday, March 15th. For breaking news, go to autonews.com. And for a library of nearly 200 interviews and nearly one year of Daily Drive, go to autonews.com slash Daily Drive. We'll be back Tuesday for our one-year anniversary show.